So you guys know this is a newer podcast and I'm not running any ads at this time. I don't have any sponsorships yet. I'm not trying to sell you guys anything either, but literally I just want to give you the tools and the knowledge from either my past experience or those of my guests to save you time, money, and heartache. So the only ask I could ever have from you is to help me spread the word out there to more entrepreneurs and more career-driven professionals like us so that we can feel more confident, perform better for our teams and our clients, and ultimately make more money to provide for our families. And the only way that we can do that is if we rate and review and share this podcast. So the single ask that I have of you is that if you could leave a review, share it with a friend, it should take less than 10 seconds. And I know your time is valuable but it would absolutely mean the world to me. And more importantly, it might change the life for someone else. Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Welcome back to a, another episode here on the business of being healthy. Today's guest is someone that I've been following for a little bit, and I just love the overall messaging, the way that she shows up, but more importantly, how she provides more confidence and the service that she provides out there in the world. So with that, I want to welcome Kristen Crowley, who is a former TV news anchor turned brand image expert. You may have heard of her company that is Reframe Your Brand with her business partner, Jill Bunny, and they help women in business dominate the online space. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but just to give you a little background, Kristen is living in Virginia. She is a military wife. I just found out SEAL team, like no big deal. Like just, yeah, no big deal. Um, mother of two, and she will never turn down a good margarita. And I know that we're going to have a margarita when you come out here to Scottsdale a few of them. So Kristen, welcome so much to the show. I am excited to have this conversation today. I know. Thank you for having me. I know it's funny because when we met online, because we all slide in each other's DMs and connect somehow, but you and I had so much more in common with the horses and we found out, you know, construction and there's so many things. So you never really know where the conversations go with people until you actually ask questions and reach out. So I appreciate you asking me to come on here. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're so busy. This is just to validate everyone listening right now. Kristen just finished up one of her like major retreats. I, I You can share the numbers on all of the images that you are sorting through right now and all of the content, but she just finished that. And here we are two days later recording. And I was like, oh, I'm not the only one that pushes myself to the limit and still keeps going. <laughs> so um, share a little bit, just real quick off the top, you know, as a brand image expert, Mm -hmm. big picture, what, what is that? And maybe share some of those numbers that I just mentioned. 
Yeah. So um, brand image expert is a term that obviously, um, you know, is not well defined because we kind of created a space in the industry for it um, to fill some gaps. So it's kind of a combination of everybody um, that needs help with things like media, online presence, building their brand, and then the actual marketing content and images that go along with it. So, you know, personal brands and fitness brands in general, there's so much more to it than just showing up and looking good online. And we help you do that, but um, we really kind of shaped our company to help fill in the gaps in the industry for women in particular, women in fitness is where it all started. And it, it really helps people just develop how they're going to show up online. So, I mean, you said my past was in media. So I was in television for, well, I've been in television for over 18 years, but on live news for 12 years straight. And I know we're going to dive into that part of my crazy um, health experiences of why I went into fitness more. But that was a big thing for me. And my other backgrounds were in visual merchandising and store design, the restaurant business and events. So all those things just kind of came together to become what Reframe is now. You know, that's what I love. And I, I lean on so much is like our past experiences are actually setting us up for what we are here to do, right? Our, I, I, I don't like to use the words passion, purpose, because I feel like it can like make you feel <laughs> bad if you don't find it. But it's just basically, if you find a place where you're doing, like you feel good doing it, more often than not, all of those past experiences led you to this point. And so it's being so grateful for that. And, you know, I do want to dive into being a TV news anchor. And I feel like we could go a million different ways with this. We are not going to go <laughs> political. I would really love to, but we are not. I would just love to hear like overall, when you started in that role, is it what you thought it was going to be? Uh, I didn't know what it was going to be. I was actually bartending at the time. So I was behind the bar when I got approached to do some TV stuff and I didn't want to do it. And I got kind of pushed into it and then ended up being on the morning news. Um, so I didn't go to school for it. I didn't train for it. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. Um, but I've kind of went into all my careers head first. I don't really test the waters because I learn by doing. So I have to dive in. Um, so when I started in that business, I knew marketing from previous things of doing, you know, modeling and calendars and things in that world when in the early 20s that we all, you know, we all do. And I had learned some marketing stuff from that. And I always loved it. Um, but I was really afraid I was I had a fear of public speaking. So I did not want to do television because I was required to speak. And I was really nervous about it. Finally got into TV late in life. So I was 28 when I started in television, um, which is very late for a lot of people in that industry. They usually start right out of college at 22. Um, so I kind of came into it as a actual human with a life and a background and a story already because I'd already had two really solid careers and was very mature at that time. So um, it was what I expected in the sense of some of the weird things about it, of being on camera or being noticed by people. I still don't understand that. What I didn't expect was the emotional drain. Um, I wasn't prepared for that mentally um, going into it. Um, it is a very hard job. Um, it is funny because if you think politics are a part of it, they're not. Um, I can tell you that most people in local TV news, one, make no money. It's a terrible paying job. The hours are terrible. And um, really, they don't get paid enough to care. So as much as people like to say people in the media shift or narratives, 
They don't, trust me. They could care less. And most people are bipartisan that are in the news business um, because we do love to hear all three sides of every story before making an actual thing. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but as a general consensus of what I saw over the years, it's a very balanced industry on that side locally. The more you move up the chain, you know how people's egos get. Yes, that gets worse. Um, But it was a really good training experience because I think if you can do that live, and you can roll with the punches and learn how to take criticism because it was a lot more scrutiny than I was ever used to in my life. Um, that that was what was the unexpected for me was like dealing with comments and things like that um, when it came to that industry, because as a bartender, you could just talk back and say whatever you wanted. I wasn't allowed to do that in TV world. So it was a little bit different for me, um, for sure. So that was a big change. <laughs> you know, I, I just love that. And the fact that, you know, we we have to learn oftentimes how to morph or evolve in whatever position that we're in. And so I love, I mean, Chris was a bartender growing up. I, I did some bartending, okay. right? Like someone smarts off, you can take care of it right then. Live TV, you can't do it. But what was really neat in, in what you just shared, and you, you kind of alluded to this earlier, is that you kind of go jump in, both feet, go. And yeah. someone that is telling me that they're scared to public speak is now doing this as a profession. Like, so everyone that's listening in right now, the thing that you are most afraid of could be the thing that you are best at. So you have to sometimes jump in there and be scared as hell, but ultimately like, just know you're going to be okay. Like, you know, it's going to be fine. But, (laughs) you know, when it comes to, you know, here on the show, it's about sharing that wisdom, right. To help someone else. And you had mentioned, you know, 12 years, it was draining. Um, in what ways was that draining on that career draining on you and, and did it affect your health in any way? Yeah, it was, um, the reason I left television in general was because of my health. So 12 years, um, I was on the morning show. That means I was up before 3 a.m. every day and worked from typically 3.30 in the morning till about 1 p.m. Then I would hit the gym, go to the store, get home, deal with the kids, get them to bed, do dinner, all the things. And then I would go to bed between 10 and 11 o'clock at night. So for 12 years, I slept an average of four hours a night, um, four to five. My, I went through both pregnancies on air. So both of my kids were, you know, I was pregnant. I got pregnant, um, actually got married the the month I started in television. I got married and obviously uh, found out eight weeks after our wedding that I was pregnant. So it kind of cannonballed into me being pregnant on air, um, which was a high risk pregnancy. So I was bedridden and that was a, you know, different time. Second pregnancy was five years later that I was able to stay on air most of the time, which then became all the scrutiny of, you know, you look fat, your boobs are too big. You look disgusting. You're a, you're a insult to women by wearing fitted clothing. When you're pregnant, you should be at home. Moms need to know their place. It was a whole situation. Um, So dealing with that on air was stressful. I am someone who goes all in and commits everything to everything. So I would never shut off. So I was in that mode 24-7 for 12 years, which meant checking social media, checking this, checking that, always on my phone. Um, And it was a very big grind. And you know, when you're home, you can turn off the television. Mm -hmm. When you work there, you can't turn it off. So you hear a lot of disparaging things over and over and over. And it starts to, I mean, it takes its toll. Um, So, you know, you battle it with sarcasm and humor 
And we joked around a lot and we were a very inappropriate group of people, which was really fun. Um, but it only negates some of the damage being done mentally to yourself. So after the about 10 years into it, after I had my son, um, I had severe postpartum after him, which wasn't helped by the fact that I wasn't sleeping. I went back to work, you know, six weeks, like pretty quickly. Um, so my body was really screwed up. I had gained a time, gain a lot of weight when I'm pregnant. So I'm not one of those cute pregnant people. So I was, you know, gained a solid 50 pounds both times because I was bed. I was on modified bed rest for both the second one too. Started to get sick, started to realize I was wearing myself down. And then I really was into fitness to get back in shape after my baby was lifting a lot, got into the best exterior shape of my life as far as being lean and looking really, really good. Um, in that process, with my hormones being so jacked up and everything else, burned myself out, like burned out all of my, I had nothing in my system, no hormones at all, like postmenopausal by 40. Um, so I started to have issues, had a bunch of cancer testing, things pop up, lots of lumps that formed. Um, and I decided I had to make a decision. Um, I was either going to stay there and end up, you know, not remembering my kids' names by the end of the day because I was so exhausted, um, or I was going to take a risk and go work for myself and give myself some time off um, from that schedule for a little bit to see what I wanted to do. And I can tell you, I mean, I had lumps growing like out of my neck that you could visibly see on my thyroid. So they were like, we have to take your thyroid out. It could be cancers, all these things. Um, I can tell you about a month after I quit my job, uh, all of those biopsies, everything, all, everything went away. I mean, everything was negative. It was all stress induced. Um, so my health was really taking a toll. Um, so I decided to leave. I loved the job, loved being there. I would do it again, but on my own terms. So health wise, that really forced me out of television was that. And I, I think a lot of women and side with that around our age, like you're going through a lot of hormonal issues. Um, yeah. I mean, it hit me at 24. That's when I went oh, blind wow. in my left eye is because I wasn't managing my stress. That's the one wow. thing that I feel like with high achievers, right? Like you and me and like a, a lot of the women listening in right now is we're high achievers. We go and go and go. And it has to be to that extreme for us yep. to be like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. So I'm basically killing myself faster it, by, by not taking care of myself. And yeah. I love like how, I mean, holy cow. I'm just thinking <laughs> about like all everything cleaning up, like after you quit, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure the brain fog, I'm sure like excess, yeah. like just water weight and just everything. And that's the thing, like, I'm, I'm just so adamant about it. And everyone listening in right now, listen to these stories that if you are feeling like like Kristen just shared, if you feel like your hormones are out of whack, go to the dog, go get them checked. Yeah. Go get them checked. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm a big proponent of blood work every three to four months. Mm -hmm. Um, and I work with a private, I mean, I work with a physician privately, um, yeah. that she, that is her specialty. And she is the, I went to three other places before her that all said they were hormone specialists and none of it worked. So do your research, make sure you find someone who is credible and is well-rounded enough to know all aspects of medicine, not someone who just says they do one thing. Um, she is the only one who got it. It took years. I mean, this was, this has been like a couple of years after leaving television that it finally, I found her 
And then within four months, everything was back to normal, which is great. Um, but it was a process getting there. So just know that it could be a little frustrating figuring it out, but you will figure it out. And when you do, it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> well, and it's like, you look at your husband, you're like, oh, I actually do like you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I actually do like you. Yeah. You're actually pretty amazing. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been there myself as well. And, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm listening to you, uh, you know, just kind of share, uh, and I love hearing this from someone else, uh, sharing about like finding the right doctor. It took you your fourth one that you finally ra- fa- finally found mm-hmm. her. Now, here's the thing is that I know that we have a lot of entrepreneurs, um, business owners, those climbing, you know, corporate ladders that listen, is that sounded very similar to almost running a business and making a hire. You sometimes have to True. go through the mm-hmm. bad to get to the good. You know, I know that when I was working in the medical field, whenever a new doctor would come out and like open up a practice, they'd have like a group of medical assistants in the office. And I'm like, oh, here's your, here's your like rookie first team. One will make it. You're going to have to get through all of them to get to the good. And so that same mentality that you use in business, you're, we're using this in our business all the time, right? Whether you're like the videographer or the sound person, like you got to get to the right one that you're like, okay, this is good. That same skill that you do to search is useful in your health too. So um, I want to transition over to, you know, reframe rebrand and (laughs) that business and how you, like, how did this come to be? How, how, what the hell is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like tell us a little (laughs) bit more Uh, because I, I, I feel like your story is going to share a lot of why this came, came to be. Why reframe your brain came to be. Yeah, because when I was leaving television, I really thought I was going to just go because again, fitness saved me. Um, postpartum, I my body doesn't agree with medications well, especially like methodilating type medications. My body, I I get sick. So I don't process those well. So obviously, um, and I'm all for all of it, like whatever treatment works best for everybody. So I tried everything, it wasn't working. So I had to find a way to positively like naturally combat the postpartum. So I found I had extreme symptoms. Like I I don't know if anyone out there has had these um, or has had postpartum depression, but um, my symptoms were actually, a lot of them were physical. So I had my hands and feet just itched. Um, It was like, you couldn't, couldn't stop them unless I put my hands into freezing water or scalding water, it wouldn't go away. So I would have to sit there all day, like having restless leg syndrome, you had to sit there and just take it. Cause when you're on TV, you can't fidget and rub your hands together. Um, So it was basically a mental battle of me just saying, I can't touch, like, just don't move, just don't move. Or like when you have a really bad itch and you can't itch it, (laughs) uh, I ended up figuring out that when I went back to working out, because again, you know, worked out my whole life, obviously when we're in our twenties, we don't do it the right way either. Um, So I had found the weight, more of the heavyweight regimen um, after that was happening with a friend of mine who was a friend and trainer for a long time, started to realize how strong I was. Um, I grew up say a horse farm. So, I mean, I can lift hay, I can push over an animal, like I'm strong, but I had never taken it to the more Olympic style weightlifting of really heavy weights. And I've had back surgery. Um, I've had shoulder surgery. So I, I'm, my body is jacked up and I never thought it was possible for me. And I was really shocked to learn 
that with time and progressive overload that your body is capable of recovering. So I thought I could never do a leg press because my lower back surgery, you know, it, it didn't allow it. And I went from like a 200 pound leg press to 900 pounds. And I was able to bench like leg press 900 pounds, but that was a very strategic progressive overload. I found out during that time that whenever I was at the gym or whenever I was in hot yoga, not regular yoga, but it had to be hot yoga, all of my symptoms went away. So the physical stimulus of that really overrode all of what was happening with this, these phantom things that I was experiencing. So I realized how powerful it was. And I dove into the fitness world head first, like I do with all those things. And I had attended the conference there in Arizona, mm-hmm. got connected with strong fitness magazine, you know, and I was like, I just wanted to get published. That was a purely vanity reason of being published after 40, um, not for any kind of business purposes, because we work with clients now that we strategically help them realize when they need it and when they don't. Um, Cause you don't, it doesn't make you any money. So you have to do it for the reason that's the right reason. So we ended up, you know, I, I got published with them. Um, I thought going into that, that I was going to help women in fitness g- do PR and media, like basically find out how to get free TV and do those things because that's what I knew. Um, my whole world changed when I went there because my business partner now was on the cover of that of strong the month prior, and she had thyroid cancer, and she has MS. So she wrote about it in the magazine. And that's when they were going to take my thyroid out. And so we connected. She lives in Canada, I live in Virginia. She DM'd me to say congratulations on becoming a part of the strong family. Um, Are you in Arizona right now? I said, I am in Arizona right now. Where are you? She's like, I'm in Arizona right now. She's like, where are you staying? And we were in hotels across the street from each other. And so we met for a coffee at Starbucks before my photo shoot. And literally three months later, we had a company because she was a fitness competitor, very highly recognized in the industry. Obviously, same when her health failed, the fitness industry is not forgiving. So, you know, she had to switch gears and lost her identity with that. And I was losing my identity with television because the labels, you know, we hold on to them as women because they make us feel better. So we were both kind of in this transition period. And um, we just said, we know things can be done better for women in these industries. Um, So you go to the conference, you get all inspired, or you get a coach that tells you to do all these amazing things, but there's nothing in the middle to implement or give you a real how to do it. Um, So Literally three months later, we started a company that was to serve women, and that was our purpose. And it has grown in just a few years' time, I mean, exponentially. But, you know, we had a core purpose of really it was mental health, wellness, and helping people really focus on what's good for them instead of what's good for the industry or what people are telling you to do. Um, And that's kind of where. Reframe came to be, and it just evolved from photo and video and the retreats that we were talking about into, you know, now social media and websites and all of your branding stuff. So it's definitely, again, same with fitness journey. It was kind of progressive overload for us. We just kept (laughs) stacking things on and we were like, wow, this is really good with this and this works. And we had had so much experience in those different worlds that um, it really helped us help other people better. Um, and save save time. So that's kind of what Reframe Your Brand came in to be. And it was really out of 
both of our fitness struggles and health struggles, and then seeing other women get ripped off in the industry and not get taken seriously and just having enough of it. I mean, so that honestly is why our company was formed. <laughs> I just, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And, and just like the honesty and the rawness of it. Um, I know I've shared um, kind of that ego and those labels that mm -hmm. we hold from previous positions. Like yeah. I'm literally sorting through that right now in one, like I'm letting go and, and it's, having someone there to talk to like you having Jill and both going through it at the same time. Like that's where I think like the power of podcasting, the power of, you know, having that friend reaching out, sending that crazy DM to be like, Hey, you want to be friends? <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's so powerful to be able to work through it and you never know what's going to come. Um, <laughs> now when it came to like branding, because that is a topic that I feel like that word, it's like, yeah, have a personal brand. I'm like, cool. What <laughs> is that? I remember <laughs> when I first started, I was, I was, and I still don't know that I have like a clear definitive line of what it is. It's getting clearer, but I yeah. know that we hear that buzzword, have a personal brand, have a personal brand. Yeah. How would you describe that to somebody when they hear it so that they can like maybe attach to it and, and actually take action? Yeah. So it is a buzzword right now. And you're hundred percent right. Cause everybody's saying, build your, your personal branding and this and blah, blah. <sighs> Okay. So it's nothing new. Like this is what everybody has done for the uh, eternity of time um, and what every business has done well. So a brand in essence, you, you are your brand as a human, you are your brand and your brand is your business. So I, that's my, always my famous quote for everybody. You are your brand, your brand is your business. And if you don't take, treat yourself like a business online, then you are going to fail. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're just getting to the brand part and you're like, oh, pretty logos, look at my site, it doesn't mean shit. So we are very anti-branding um, in a lot of ways. So to me, building a personal brand is building a foundation that is so solid on your core values, purpose, and what you're going to be doing, not specifically as overarching, that you can stack on top each layer and each floor of that building until you get to the penthouse, which is where you will find your magic, everything, which is your offer and your messaging and your images, everything will come together then. It will not happen in the first foundational portion. You are going to evolve. You're going to change. God knows how many times we have changed websites for people because halfway through it, they're like, I don't want to do this flower anymore. I want to do a square. And you're like, okay, well, we can't keep changing our colors. So that stuff is all facade. It really means absolutely nothing. Um, if you look at some of the best people in the world who you know their brands, they're not super specific on anything. Um, the biggest speakers in the world, none of them have a logo. They don't have a brand color. They don't have like this super niched in thing. They don't. They're a, they're there to solve a problem. They know who they are, what their foundational core values are, and what they're there to do. And then they do it. Um, so personal brand is really how you are going to show up online and, and provide the solution for whatever it may be. Um, so I think we get very shiny object distracted in this online space, which is social media. I hate it and I love it. Um, I mean, I work in it, so I have to deal with it 24-7 but I know it inside and out. And it is a very detrimental space. You know that if you let it, 
It's mm-hmm. going to cut you down and you're going to feel terrible all the time. Um, so that when you're looking at building a personal brand and you go to someone and immediately they jump into the colors and the logo, run. That is not someone who's going to build you a personal brand. That is a designer. So that is a brand designer. That is not your personal brand. Um, There's a lot of different things in that. Um, The reason Jill and I work well together is she actually is a psychotherapist. So all of our processes are based in cognitive behavioral therapy. So we build brand foundations based on the person and then your MVP client, which is someone who's actually going to pay you money which constitutes a business. An ideal client avatar to me is also bullshit because you can't create this unicorn person that doesn't exist. Um, I, again, hate that on the the space of social media because everybody's like, no, you just manifest your dream client and they'll show up. Yeah, they may show up once, but that doesn't mean that they're going to pay you. And it also doesn't mean they're going to keep paying you. And in actual business, has revenue. So you have to focus on the people that are actually going to keep paying you. So again, we go against a lot of the things when it comes to the facade that's been built. Um, So we like to be brutally honest with that stuff. And that's why you usually pay PR and media agencies tons of money um, because they just kind of do all this stuff for you. But I also think that's not, that's a disservice because if you don't build it yourself and know what's going on in your systems, everybody's going to rip you off at some point. So um, that's a control thing. I think most of us who are high achievers do want to know what's going on in every aspect. So we want to control that shit. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. (laughs) So there's so much good in this. It's so funny. I'm like chuckling. I just got off like the call with my VA team and it, I mean, I'm like, controlling, right. Everything, um, (laughs) to be productive, right. We, we are doing that, but you know, a couple of things that you said in there, and I want to make sure that the listeners caught it. Not once, not once did Kristen use the word value. She said, solve problems, solve problems. So that is something that I think if you are looking and you tell me if I'm wrong, but if you're looking to help find someone to maybe help guide you in building your brand, or if you're like trying to wrap your head around building a brand and what that is, is your there's this, uh, the other buzzword, right? Build your brand and have lots of, you know, provide lots of value. And I'm like, what the (laughs) hell is, you know what? Share who you are and solve problems, solve problems for people. And so like, I love not once did you use that word value. You talked about solving problems and that is so powerful. Um, and I, you know, I, I love, you kind of have like a contrarian way about you. You're like, we kind of do it different. And I think that, um, one other thing that you mentioned is I just like hiring you, just like hiring VAs, just like hiring, um, you know, I've worked with various people that I brought on. Ultimately, I got to give them the content, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. I need to ask the right question to get yeah. the right answer. And so I can't expect and no one should expect someone else to build a brand for you. Can they help guide yes. you? Could they help maybe take some of the tasks off for you? Absolutely. but it has to be you. So I want to dive in a little bit more about, um, what you started this with, because recently I was at a meeting and it was a, it was a concept that was kind of new to me. Um, because you know, you have your brand, right. And then you have your business brand Mm -hmm. and you, you kind of answered it, but I want to spend a little bit more time here is 
what do you build? Do you build the business brand? Do you build your brand? Like, what do you do in that? And it was funny because I was at a meeting. It was a, it was a woman's like group and there was a panel and I heard two very successful businesses yeah. saying like, well, I built the business brand and mine's backseat. And the other one saying, well, I built my brand and like, yes, I have a business brand, but it's more of like a business card on, yeah. on like Instagram than like that, you know? So what is your, how would you help guide someone on on the business brand versus the personal brand? So that's a great question because again, this is the thing that also drives me crazy online is that the people will say, I've built out this system and all you need to do is implement this. That is, that's like one of us going to a doctor and, you know, having our blood work done and them giving everybody the same prescription. It is not going to work. So that is a case by case basis. And it really depends on your personality or who you are, because there are people who, again, we know the brand, we we don't know who owns it. And they kind of do take a backseat. That's probably a bigger overarching brand. It also is how much pull do you have in your community? How much credibility do you have in this space? Because if you don't, then yeah, you got to build up credibility first. So your personal brand may take a step ahead in the beginning. Um, but again, with everything being as public as it is online at this point, if you don't represent, I mean, it's same as having a moral clause for athletes. Like if you don't represent what the brand is, then there is going to be a level of distrust somewhere along the journey. We don't know where, but you have to clearly lay out the path. And we always lay out exactly how the customer is going to go through certain processes. So what are they going to see, touch, experience along the way? And that is where you decide, you know, do I go personal or business? Personally, myself, I have three levels to myself. So I have Reframe, which is my business pages that gets the most attention. That's the website I use. That's most of my time. I have my page, which is a public person, like persona page, whatever you want to call it, which is my Kristen Crowley stuff. And that is public to everybody. And that is my kind of TV, fitness, lifestyle page where it's just me, don't really care about it anymore. I've deleted thousands of followers. I don't care about follower count. I have deleted literally thousands and thousands of people because I just don't want to deal with their shit. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's mine. And then I have personal for me, which is not public, doesn't use my name, my, you know, so that I have three levels to what I choose to share online. I still don't share probably 50% of my life. Um, I'm, we're very private in a lot of ways, military community, obviously we're private about a lot of stuff. So I think it just really honestly depends. Where do you want to be? Who are you serving? And then we always, like I said, we don't do the ideal client avatar. We do an MVP. So to us, that is someone, it's your most valuable payer, not player. So it's the person who's going to actually give you money and be a customer what do they want to see? Because that also determines what takes the front seat. Because if it's someone who is, you're going after just coaching executives, they don't want to see all the, the bullshit with your dinners and they don't care. They want to see strict content, consistent content they can rely on, whether it be certain days of the week, whatever. And then what you're going to do for them that's going to make their life easier personal brands, you know, we want, we create more feel good, more conversations, like, oh, your leggings are cute. You know, that's going to be a totally different type of customer. So for that, it really is individual. Like I, I we do get asked that. And I know why they ask it on panels because everybody wants to know the answer. Mm -hmm. And the answer is until you sit down and actually look at all of those, all of it, 
you're never going to know the right answer and it will change um, as your company evolves. I mean, we get bigger, we grow, we become more of a corporate entity. Um, so it just depends where you're at in those stages. But I think a lot of women in the fitness space um, underestimate themselves or they, um, I've shared this before, like when you say I'm just a personal trainer or I'm just a coach, like, no, you are a personal trainer, you are a coach and you solve honestly really big problems. Um, so stop discounting yourself from the front and start treating yourself like that actual business because none of these people who are huge have anything different than what everybody else does. They just have learned who all these pieces are and they put it together and they can market the hell out of themselves. Um, so, you know, sometimes when you get to that level, the money wins when you're able to attract new customers. Um, but yeah, so that that question can, yeah, you said can go in a million different ways, mm -hmm. but it really comes down to where all of those little pieces, where you want that customer to end up and who that person is and what they want to see. Um, so that should take precedence for you. I really love that. And, you know, I think that just that last little bit that you said was so important. It's, it's always like, bring it back to the customer, right? Yeah. Like what, wh who do they want to work with? Do they want to work with the brand? Like, is it a product like a, you know, some type of like a watch? Do they really care yeah. who made the watch? Not really. Right. They just want to know the watch works. So like, here's the brand, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I think that it's taking the time because oftentimes, and maybe you can help shed some light on this is we are literally getting peppered, <laughs> like assaulted by content all the time on do this, do this, do this, do this. When you have someone new that comes to you, that is like literally like hands in the air. I give up. I surrender. I don't even know what to do next because I've tried all of these little tactics that I see. Yeah. How, how do you help someone kind of sort through that BS? So, and it, it's hard because we all go in it because we want to serve everybody. We want to be there. We want to do all the things. Um, so let's take a breath. Like <laughs> we got to stop what we're doing. Um, but we always, we always say kiss, like keep it simple, stupid, like just stop doing all this stuff, like stop it. Um, because we are that scarcity mindset. Like we don't want to do that. We want to know where we're going. And the only way you do that is go back to square one. And we call it the most unsexy work you're ever going to do. Cause it's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not getting you the attention you want, but it's what you need to do to actually survive in the long run, instead of having to create a new offer every six months to push, to create money. And that's what a lot of, and I use this term and people can get mad at me all they want, but it's MLM style coaching. So we have created a community where people just teach other people to be a coach, to teach other people to be a coach, and none of them are solving a problem. So we, and this is my other favorite analogy, we feel like the third plastic surgeon. So someone's already had two botched boob jobs, and then they finally get to us and we're like, okay, so this is really what it's going to take to fix it. And you have to be able to endure it and go through the process and know it's going to be okay because we keep listening to everybody. So it is hard online. Um, choose who you follow. I unfollow accounts, you know, quite a bit. People unfollow me. It's just how the world works. Um, I also don't spend a lot of time looking at anything on, on content um, unless, you know, I mean, I, we all scroll through. I like a few things. Um, I have my favorites. Like I set the accounts that I want to see to favorites online. I have no notifications on my phone. 
So my phone, I have no notifications. Um, so when I get a message or anything from Instagram, Facebook, um, so again, it is a very hard mental game to play because they're all addictive and they're masters like McDonald's or all the fast food places and getting you addicted. So it takes a lot to not do that. Um, so I manage that side. And for the people who are overwhelmed, we really have to step back and say, well, did any of that actually work for you? Because mm -hmm. it probably didn't. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to keep doing that, what's going to happen? It's going to be the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. So we have to stop and we got to go back and we've got to figure out what went wrong. And we got to know who you are. Like, and I think that's our, when I say core values, like our values for our company is we build confidence and we offer protection. So your values to your company are not a offer or a sale. They are literally how someone feels with you. And there's a really, this is the book, I'll, I'll, this is my favorite um, to read. If anybody hasn't read this yet, this one's Grow by Jim Stencil. Love it. We'll link it in the notes. It's just a very simple book, but it studied um, top companies. These are the huge Fortune 500. It studied them and provided why they were successful, the ones that last. And the only ones that lasted had one core value, how they made people feel. Um, and one of the, like, they have um, things on Volvo and Pampers. Um, Pampers was actually going under until they changed their entire ethos and hired all moms and mm. said, what is the one thing moms want when they're new moms is sleep. So if you look at Pampers marketing, everything relates to a good night's sleep. They make you feel rested. So think of that for your own personal brand because we're no different. Um, so I know the overwhelm is so hard and it sucks. Um, and everybody, I mean, we have people who, again, have been in business for 15 years and they still face it. So mm -hmm. don't think you're alone in that. Everybody feels that way. You just got to uh, take a breath. And like you said before, like having people to support you and help you like get out of your own head, it, it does actually help a lot. Hey there, absolutely love and incredibly grateful that you are listening to the podcast. Just want to let you know that if you ever want the video version, because sometimes it helps, it just resonates a little bit differently for you. You can check out my YouTube channel, which is absolutely free. I am sharing tips and experiences there weekly. So if you prefer video, go check it out. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy the show. I really think that's important because it's just natural, right? And we always want to like get better at whatever we're doing, right? So if we're providing a great service or a great product, like we want to get better. And so we're always looking, but sometimes that overwhelm comes. And, you know, I know like at this uh, panel that I was at, like one of the, like uh, an attendee at the end that I was talking to at the end, she's like, oh, well, I guess now I got to do LinkedIn. And I was like, what? No, no you no. don't. Like, no, like that's not the message that <laughs> that's not the message that was being conveyed, but that's what she received, she mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I was like, I just asked a few more questions to help really decide because I know for me, like, and I'll just share my example, you know, I had kind of this like horse life, right. And yeah. it was very heavy on Facebook, but everything else that we're building with the podcast and with the general contract, it's all Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Yeah. I'm actually, I believe I'm getting rid of Facebook. Like it's okay. I don't need to be there, you know? And that's where 
it took me a lot to get there, but I think stepping back, getting your ego out of the way, asking the right questions mm-hmm. and that value line, I've heard a lot actually more yeah. recently. And I think it's funny because just like past experiences lead you to where you are now, like previous conversations, when you actually like think back, you're like, oh, this is what like I took from it, but this is what I should have heard, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was actually what was conveyed, but you have to go through that experience to like actually receive it. Yeah. And that value line, there was a, a meeting that I went to a year ago and that I had a speaker talk about the values and, and her core values and looked at all our businesses. And she like eliminated a bunch of her businesses. And I looked wow. at what our core values were and yeah, yeah I don't have some of those businesses yeah. now because I was like, they were crossing the line. And that's why I was like hitting it's a crazy. wall, you know, it, it's crazy. Um, I'm glad you like all those. I mean, that's really hard to do. Like it, I, I, I still find it hard. I think it's been like three years and I'm just now stopping where I'm introducing myself like in certain ways um, because we always lead with what's the most exciting thing about us that's going to get a reaction. Like if someone's going to, you know, when I would show up and I was like, what do you do? I'm a TV news anchor. And everybody's like, wow. And then when I wasn't doing that anymore, you know, you're like, okay, I'm uh, in fitness. Like, I didn't really know what to say. And they're like, oh, that's nice. So there's this huge ego feed that you get. And I'm, I'm not, I've always been, I'm a vain person. I don't lie about it. I like to get dressed up. I like to, you know, feel good, look good. I mean, granted, I'm mostly in gym clothes 99% of the time, but you know, we're human and humans like attention. So stop trying to say, oh, I don't want to look vain or whatever. No, everybody is. I mean, that's just a personal thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Um, but letting go of those labels is probably the hardest thing that I think most people have to say, or that they think they're um over like they're too general. Like too many people are doing this. I don't stand out. Eh, not probably the case. I mean, if we really get to the root cause, the root bottom of it you're just following all the people who do the same damn thing you do. It's not that it's oversaturated. It's that you are so caught up trying to follow everybody in your own community that you're not getting outside the box and finding new clients. It like business development, business development is getting into rooms that you can serve someone. If you go to a fitness conference with all fitness people, no one there is your client. So why are you going there all the time? Go to a freaking medical convention. Start passing your card out, like get creative and actually treat yourself again like a business and not try and swim in this little pod to feel safe. Um, But we do. We want to feel safe. Like nobody likes to be scared or discarded or feel like they're going to fail. I mean, none of us like it, but you have to do it to get better. So it's kind of a catch 22. It, it is absolutely a catch 22. And I think just like going back sometimes and being like, I've been in this position before and I survived. Yeah. I think I can do it again. You know, just remembering yeah. that, that you can do that. Now, a couple things that um, I, I had left that I kind of wanted to, to ask you. One was um, you actually just brought up mm-hmm. and it was, you kind of alluded to it, but I wonder if you could just provide listeners when it came to building a brand based upon the, your experience, um, with your business and, and regardless of what industry, right. Fitness, auto mechanic, you know, accountant, whatever industry, 
where have you seen like some of the clients that you've worked with really succeed versus ones that were struggling? And like, what was the thing kind of that there might be a commonality kind of holding them back yeah. from really coming forward and succeeding? Honestly, it's action. That one word, I mean, it's the, the huge difference that we see of people we work with who are not even successful on paper. Like as far as, you know, like you're not seeing growth, you're not seeing things in social media world, but they are seeing it in their business. Um, they're the only, they always are the people who will take action. Um, because again, shiny object syndrome, we start a project, we go on to the next project, we don't give it our full attention, then it's half-assed, people can see that, and you're going on to the next thing, and it's confusing. Um, so confusion kills sales. I mean, we know that. If someone's confused, they're not going to buy from you. Um we like to, I mean, we've stayed with, I mean, really our, what we do is the same. We've just added more services to it over the years mm -hmm. because they're necessary to build out the whole structure. So like we said with the house, when you're building, got to build one floor at a time. So you can't just jump to the penthouse and build this, you know, thing. You have to build it one at a time and that will withstand the storms of social media and all the things. Um, so it really is hard when we see people keep going into new, new waters. So when we built our brand, it was really like, this is what we do. This is, and we still, still what we do, the core base of what we do, but we, we stacked on things on top of it to grow over time. And because we live in a now, 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 now society, everybody wants it to happen right away. What no one's sharing is that they've spent years developing systems and putting things into place to onboard people and do all the right things yeah, you don't see that as much because it's not fun and it's not sexy and it doesn't get attention. Um, so it is hard. And we, I don't care about social media growth at all. Um, obviously, you know, I have companies, my husband, when we have the, the, he is the general contractor as well. They don't, they're not online at all. Like they have a website, that's it. So, you know, you don't have to be on all the things to do it. Um, so I think that, for us also personally is a distraction technique because if something's not working, want to feel good, we go do something else. Um, so really just focusing on that one path and sticking with it is what we've seen as a differentiator for people who are more successful that we've worked with. Um, and they're just, they're, they just take action. They do what they do the work. I mean, it's really simple when you look at business the people who do the work and can time collapse and make more shit happen in a day will get ahead of the person that takes seven days. I mean, it's simple math, but we like to say, I can't do it. I can't fit this in. I think one year of my life, I worked six jobs. So if someone tells me they don't have time for something, I mean, it's bullshit. I mean, we know it is. You just have time for what makes you feel good. Um, and it's not going to feel good all the time. It's just not. <laughs> Well, and I think remembering, I, I love that your first word was action. Yeah. You know, we can get paralyzed by inaction or perfection. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like taking that messy action regardless and staying committed to the one thing, not getting distracted by the next shiny thing is, yeah. is so powerful. And I mean, I just got to say like, it, that's in any part of life, right? Yeah. Your health, don't get distracted. Don't try the yeah. new diet stay focused, right? You're trying to build up your career, stay focused. Like, and, and I think the other thing that's always good to mention is like all the, we talked about, right? Like getting through the BS, looking through everything. 
is just realizing. And if you caught Kristen said it earlier is that she only shares 50% of her life online. So what we think or see of people sometimes is a fraction of what is all going on. You know, I was just at a real estate conference that was so eye-opening for me in learning about systems. And I was like, I'm like, I didn't even realize this level of systems was going on. And that's the area that I know we need to grow in our general contracting as, as we are just about to scale that I'm like, all right, these systems are what I need. No one, how boring, who wants to talk about that? No one wants to talk about it, but I like see it now. And now I'm starting to like, I've taken the red pill, like in matrix and I'm seeing through the code of all the BS on Instagram. (laughs) And I'm like, there's no way. Oh, they have a team that's doing this. That's not really their voice. Like I can see this. You can start to, yes. And then you can start seeing it. So like, that would be, you know, I'm living this too. I think we all are. We, we always are. It is like, take that red pill, take the leap, take the action, see through the BS and, and just know that like action trumps in action. Anytime. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, it's just, putting one step in front of the other or one foot in front of the other, but we say it all the time with systems. I'm glad you brought systems save lives because (laughs) if you do not have a system in place and you start onboarding people and then you build a deck of cards and then you're trying to put something big on top of a deck of cards, it will fall. Same thing. Foundation. Like we can't say foundation enough because it's just like if you don't take the time and I know some people can't afford um, to like, Again, that's scary. Like they're like, oh my gosh, I have to go do a website and I need to go buy, you know, Dubsado or HoneyBook. And then I need to add on, you know, some type of CRM. And then I have to have, you know, MailChimp and then I have to hit whatever. Okay. All that shit is free if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So Google is will save your life if you can just start there and make folders. Like that is the simplest system out there and it's free. Um, Every person we work with, every single one of them has a different tech stack. Every one of them. Nobody has the same, like the tech stack is never the same. They get what works for them and what life they want to live. If they want to work five days a week, that's going to look totally different from someone who works three months, takes two months off because Mm -hmm. automation has to be in place. So everything is different than that. And I never, God, you think doing TV news shit is hard, like learning everybody's system, because again, for us to be able to service them, we have to know what it is. So we have to learn every system. So we have a general idea of all the things out there and we will research it before someone uses it. Um, And it has to work together with integrations and your budget because you don't want to pay for this to zap to this. And there is so much, and that's why people don't want to do it because I know it seems like a lot, but nowadays, you can set up a website for 20 bucks. Like we have, we have tricks and ways to do things for people that say, you know, and it just, it just means what works for you. Um, but the systems, like, you know, we have onboarding systems, trainers, coaches, for the love of God, get a damn contract somewhere. How many people we work with that come in and they're like, oh, I just send people an email and then they pay me on Venmo or PayPal and then we work together you don't have a contract, you're liable for things. Like, again, you are a freaking business, like act like it. And it is very hard because everybody says it's so easy to make this money and it's so easy. Um, 
I had one girl that I followed um, that I unfollowed because she kept pushing that, pushing and pushing. I make, you know, 600,000 a year, so whatever it was, something crazy. And they were spending like 90% of that to get that business. Like it was an outrageous number. Mm-hmm. And I was like, stop lying to people and telling them that this is so easy because they're making this, this money from one client. Yeah. One time, but you can't use that. But in marketing and PR, yes, you can. So you got to look through the, um, I call it the tease is better than the story. Mm. So look at the actual story, like read the content, do your research before you just go by that tease, that little headline, because That's a lot. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, it's marketing and I do it. I do it for clients. So I can't say anything because I I do do that in certain ways. Um, But we do it in a way that's at least like not as misleading. Um, So that part, I think, is hard for people to understand, too. So your mental health will thank you if you set up the proper systems in the beginning, because then you're just going to be less stressed when you get bigger and grow and then you'll have more time to sell and make money. Yes, exactly. And yeah. serve more people. I mean, that's what, you know. Yeah. So, okay. I, I <laughs> love this conversation. I have two more things. I know I said that a second ago, but we're going to close up here quick. So stick with us. That was the, a lie. The, the, <laughs> st- stick with us here. Yes. Um, the first one is just, I, I want you to share real quick about these retreats because this is a really unique oh, service. Yeah um, that you offer. And so if you are confused about branding, how do you brand like share what these retreats are and how they help your clients? Yeah. So reframe started with retreats, um, and we do photo and video. So what we thought was we're all busy. We don't have time. We're going to create it all. We're going to do it at once and we're going to get shit done for the year. So we, we have our own system, but primarily it focuses on creating, six months to a year of marketing content that is evergreen. So things you can use for websites, you know, PDFs, flyers, all the things we don't really think about when we want to go do a fun photo shoot. Um, A lot of it's not usable. Um, So if you've ever had to design a website and they're like, you have no images at work and you're like, but I have all these images. They're not horizontal. They're not right. The colors are off. They don't match your website. So the retreats allow you to come to a place, a location that's curated with other women. We have our entire team um, that we've had since the beginning, still the same team, photographers, videographers, Jill and myself, and you do your hair and makeup, you shoot all day. Um, and yeah, like I said, I I sort, I mean, it depends. This weekend, we shot 11 women's content for the year, which was a big undertaking. In that time period, we also shot a food truck, an uh, Airstream trailer, horses, um, uh, cars, and a pig. So there was a whole weekend there. Um, Y'all can go to my social media and go back. I love it. But it allows you to get more stuff done in a short amount of time. And marketing budgets, people don't think of when we run a business. We don't consider what your marketing budget should be. Um, and that depends on your growth and where you want to be. But some people can't afford thirty to $50,000 to get people together, do shoots, get all of these photos, get video of yourself speaking and, and all this content you can use all over the internet. So it's everything from YouTube to LinkedIn to Facebook, all of it. Um, and we determine what you need. And then you come and we literally tell you what to do. And you go home with like hundreds and hundreds of photos and you have stuff to post for the rest of the year. Um, we do holidays, we do everything all in one shot. 
So we have a system that works very well with that again, system Mm -hmm. that works. And um, we started doing the pop-ups, which are for people who really can't take a whole weekend. So they just come for one day and shoot with us. And then we do solo production days where they come and we just shoot your content for the day, which is the same price as a retreat, but you get the whole, whole day with the team. And so you do get a lot done. So we try to maximize marketing time so that you don't have to waste time taking selfies or setting up a tripod to get something to post that week or filming your workouts. And it just makes it easier to do that. And plus the networks we've built out of it, the women are incredible. I mean, I think we've shot like 50, 60 women at this point in the past couple of years um, with this type of setup. And all of them are friends. Like everybody's online together. They help each other. They network. So in essence, we get to create a community that um, they all have drive. Like they all want to go somewhere. Um, so that helps them get there faster. Um, and it's it's just a great, fun thing for us to do. And we love I mean, I I never could say, you know, you never know when you're going to find your dream job. And I've been through four careers in my lifetime. And like you said, all of them have exactly led me to where we are now with that. And the retreats are just a culmination of everything we've been through and what everybody needs. I mean, I wish I would have had it like year four or five years ago when I was wasting money on shoots and crap I didn't need. Um, I could have just done this and I would have been fine. So like I said, we we do it to make sure people get more for more bang for their buck, I guess would be the best way to put it. I love that. I love that. And it, I absolutely recommend, you know, following both the brands. I will like both the brands, meaning you and, and the business um, <laughs> on, on Instagram, but you can see it's, it's very neat um, what you do. And I love, like, we're always talking about like saving time and mm-hmm. being able to do everything in a weekend and be done, check that box. Like, wow, that's got to feel good for a high achiever too. So, um, you know, (laughs) my last question for you is, is one that, um, I asked some form of, of it to all of my guests that come on because, you know, a big mission behind this podcast is saving people time, uh, time, heartache and money. And that's why I'm always sharing things. Like if you can learn from me and, and it will save you a bunch of money, like go for it. I love that. So with this one, I think it's a little bit more towards the time, but I am curious what one or two things do you wish that you started earlier when it came to building your brand, your Mm -hmm. personal brand that you maybe didn't start till later? Um, I think it's um, setting the, expectations and boundaries. Um, I'm not good with boundaries because I am, when I'm in public, very extroverted and I like to be out and everything. I'm very introverted when I'm by myself. Um, I was an only child, so I don't like to, I like my own space, Um, but I am very extroverted in the rest of my life. And I did let my brand control me um, in that sense. Like I was trying to be a lot more of what other people wanted me to be. Um, So I think on that side of it, if I could go back and redo certain things, I probably would have sat down and actually laid out my plan of what I wanted to do. Because again, we all start out in that space of just wanting to get there faster. Um, I probably would have had some more downtime to sit out and actually what I wanted to do. But also 
the other side of that, I wouldn't have learned as much if I didn't go through some of those mistakes I made. So I'm kind of, you know, again, I'm a Gemini. So on the both sides of everything. So I see the beauty in both things I've been through. So I can't ever discredit the struggles I've had with my personal brand. Um, and it really letting it go because I think being someone who grew up very, you know, um, vain in that sense of wanting to always be accepted and be liked. Um, it did take me a lot to like, like show up today, like not get ready to go to things and not get ready to be online. Not that I'm not professional, but yeah, I think that side of it, you need to set your boundaries for what you want to do online and stick to it. Like, don't let people step on that and tell you, you have to do something different that does not feel good to you. Okay. Well, I hope that our listeners stay to the end to, to hear that, because I think that is such a powerful message that we can't speak enough about is setting those boundaries, not only for yourself, but for your health too, right? For your business, for your health, for your family, for you. Um, so Kristen, thank you so much, um, for your time today and all of your insight. This was a fun conversation. Um, what is the best place for people to follow along with you? Uh, yeah, for online, it's pretty simple because literally everything is under reframe your brand. Um, and even the website is www.reframeyourbrand.com. So I can, I can get into the TV voice for all of it. Um, but all of my stuff is under Kristen Crowley TV. Um, so it's pretty easy to find us online. And, um, I, I'm, you know, this Shelly already knows this. I'm an open book. I'm very honest. Um, we are very blunt. So if you have questions, like we always, you know, love answering questions for people and just saying, you know, here's some steps you should probably be taking, um, even if you're not ready yet. And if you're not ready, we will tell you you're not ready and you need to go away. Um, we're very honest about it. But I just like to connect with people online. Like that's probably my favorite thing. So find us at Reframe and yeah ask away. Like we are an open door. I love that. I love that. And we'll definitely link that in the show notes. Also, you had a free training, um, for steps for building a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to link that in the notes that you're offering that ever to everyone absolutely free. So that will be linked in there, um, as well as the website. So again, Kristen, thank you so much for joining and all of the listeners. We appreciate you so much. If you love this, don't forget to share tag both of us in it, and we will give you all of the love. <laughs>